Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, New York, what's going on? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And we got a big show for you tonight. Our phone number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. It's nine days till election day. And AOC voted in person this morning. That's right, AOC, our favorite congresswoman from the... Bronx from Queens, from New York's 14th District, AOC, a.k.a. All Out Crazy. She voted, and she had something to say this morning. She went to go vote, and she felt that when there is a line to go vote, that this is actually voter suppression. Now, you would think if you're not allowed to vote, that would be suppressing the vote. But in AOC's world, if you vote, and there's a lot of people voting, somehow that's voter suppression. Now, what I find interesting about this is that forever and a day, if you're able to vote, you're not being suppressed. But lo and behold, AOC, she takes it personal. This is wrong because in Queens, in the Bronx, people are out there in mass all over New York because we got early voting going on right now. And do you think that matters? Well, it does. So I say... AOC is crazy, all out crazy. (laughs) And do we have that audio? Listen to this. There is no place in the United States of America where two, three, four hour waits to vote is acceptable. And just because it's happening in a blue state doesn't mean that it's not voter suppression. You know, if we are waiting three hours, four hours, five hours, if this was happening in a swing state, there would be national coverage. So I don't want us to think that just because this is a blue state that this isn't a problem. This is very clearly a problem. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But uh, that being said, at the same time, I am thrilled to see how many people who are overcoming this injustice. All right, I'm good. Waiting. <laughs> she's thrilled. She's got this. She's got that. She's got all sorts of things on. And what I can tell you is it doesn't matter if it's a blue state or a red state. That doesn't matter. She's right about that. What matters is when they prevent you from voting. To say that you're being prevented from shopping at the bodega because there's people online, you're still able to buy. You just got to wait online. So I think this is a real all-out crazy AOC moment for the uh, favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens. I think she's totally out of line here. She can try to make these arguments that people are voting, are not going to vote, or they're voting less because... There's a long line. 
But I, I can't agree. <laughs> I really can't agree. You want to talk about voter suppression? Talk about me, where I have to stick a piece of paper in an envelope and either walk it to the county clerk or drop it in a mailbox because I can't go to the polls. So I want your thoughts on that. But I also want to talk about how AOC was really offended, right? So she was really offended at the debate. At the debate on Thursday night, President Trump, this is cut two, President Trump said that AOC plus three had written this Green New Deal and that they had created this environmental policy and she somehow took offense to that. Listen to what the president had to say. Check the, this out. If you look at his plan, no, his environmental plan, you know who developed it? AOC plus three. They know nothing about the climate. I mean, she's got a good line of stuff, but she knows nothing about the climate. And they're all hopping through hoops for AOC plus three. Look, their real plan costs $100 trillion. So he's going to go on into all that stuff. What I want to talk about now is, listen, AOC plus three is what he said. Now, AOC, she says, uh-oh, no, 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 hold up, wait a minute. This, this is disrespect. This is the president peddling disrespect. And I think I printed this here. And here's her quote. Check this out. I wonder if Republicans understand how much they advertise their disrespect of women in debates when they consistently call women members of Congress by nicknames or first names while using titles and last names when referring to men equal stature. Now, she goes on. Women notice it. It conveys a lot. Now, a little bit later, she clarifies because now her constituents are like, oh, snap. So if I call you AOC when when I was in the Puerto Rican parade and she was in the Puerto Rican parade and people were screaming, yo, AOC, that wasn't disrespect, of course. Right. So she clarifies. And now she says, AOC is a name given to me by my community and the people. Y'all can call me AOC. Government colleagues, the president's not her colleague, but whatever. Government colleagues referring to each other in a public or professional context, a.k.a. who don't know me like that. (laughs) <laughs> that is funny. Should refer to their peers as congresswoman, representative, etc. Now, I don't disagree with that on its face. I think the honorific is important, right? If you if you're a congressperson, it's ideal that you you use the respect of the honorific, you know, senator so and so, representative so and so. I do agree with that. However, AOC has branded herself like no other congressperson. That's right. AOC, all out crazy. Everybody knows who she is. She's out there. She put herself out there for that reason. So if AOC creates this AOC brand and then she's going to get mad, listen, the guy that she's talking about, the president, you know how many people just call him Trump? Because he's Trump. He's been Trump. He created this brand Trump. You know, I mean, whether it's a the necktie, the shirt, the building on Fifth Avenue, and we're going to get to the building on Fifth Avenue in a little bit. But my point is, I think she just looks for reasons to start stuff, to be like, oh, the president, you know, rep AOC. All right, whatever. I think this is just more poo-poo, more caca coming out of AOC all out crazy. But I'm done with her for now. Now, final point in that is there was a time where AOC, where somebody, it might have been Jordan, it might have been another uh, Republican member, one of her colleagues in the House, said to her, Congresswoman Cortez, and she said, excuse me, it's Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. The very next day, I saw her in a hearing with the now late Elijah Cummings, 
and he referred to her as Congresswoman Cortez, and she was more than happy to accept it from him without correction. So AOC seems to be uh, rather selective in who she calls out on using her honorific and not using it. So take that as you will. Now, New York City is under siege. Under siege. I, uh, I haven't seen a lot of these things in a long time. You know what's back? Squeegee men. Squeegee men are back. I drive through the Lincoln Tunnel to come here on Sundays. I roll up. Squeegee men, right in the middle of the thing. Today, one guy, and he didn't. He wasn't too aggressive. He was just asking for money. Last week, there were three squeegee guys out there with the squeegees. Now, back in the day, the squeegee men didn't have Windex. They didn't have water. They didn't have anything, so they would spit. They would spit on your window and squeegee the spit. And it was disgusting. So people would be like, yo, fall back. Back up, bro. Don't do that. I didn't know what this guy had, but this guy comes up with his squeegee, waving his squeegee like... Like he's holding a protester sign. And I told him, no, thank you. I waved through my window. And he, um, you know, he's offended. And he keeps coming closer. So I moved my car up a little bit to get away from him. And now he bangs the, the side of my car. And he's like, he's trying to clean it. So, you know, I, I let him know that I try to be very safe. And I always travel with personal protective equipment, PPE. In this instance, it was OC, a little bit of mace. So I let him know, bro, you don't want this. And he was like, oh, and he fell back. But the point is, the city's under siege. There's so much craziness going on. Quick story. You know what? Yeah, quick story. It's only 14. Quick story. On Friday, when I was leaving Tupin Plaza, I'm walking up 8th Avenue, and every day I see the same type of thing. You know, when you walk in similar areas, you, you get used to your surroundings. There's usually like a big pack of, uh, I don't know, the right politically correct word. I'm going to go with transsexuals. There's usually a big five, seven, eight, ten of them that hang out in front of the Holiday Inn by the 7-Eleven on 39th and 8th Avenue. And I noticed nobody was there. It was just very quiet, like a ghost town. There's usually another guy who appears to be homeless that holds the door open when you walk into the 7-Eleven. That guy was also noticeably absent. I look around, I see nothing, and then I see two cops, uniformed police officers, NYPD, they're standing over there by where the Arby's is, and they're standing over what looks to me to be a garbage bag. As I get closer, I realize it's not a garbage bag, it's a dude wearing all black and he's on the floor, sideways. And I was like, oh snap. Now what's interesting is, he's not just on the floor, I mean, you walk down 8th Avenue, you see people on the floor all the time, all the time. So that's not the, the story. The story is this dude, his hand is kind of extended on the sidewalk and it looks like he had keys in his hand. Like whatever was in his hand was just looked like it fell out of his hand. So as if he'd lost consciousness and then fell down. I'm looking and the cops are, one cop is on their cell phone. The other cop is looking like, what the hell do I do? Neither of them was on a walkie talkie. And I thought, what are they going to do? Not call it in to like protect their numbers? But whatever. That's me being some, uh, incredulous about things sometimes because we saw a lot of that in Midtown. Long story short, the guy peels his face off of the sidewalk and he's got like road rash all over his face because it looks like he'd been unconscious when he fell and smashed the side of his face and he's bleeding. His eyes open up. He reaches for his keys and his hat and he goes... Somebody just robbed me. They took my laptop. They took my bag. And I was like, wow, it's literally like 10 after 9 
on a Friday night. This is not something you typically see on 8th Avenue, but it is typical and in lockstep with the city going down the crapper. So, you know, my uh, my question to you all, the listeners, and we're going to talk about lots of things right now. What are your thoughts on the city? Are we headed in the right direction? Because let me tell you, uh, well, I'll get into the story about Thursday on the other side of of what we're about to do. But keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. We'll be right back. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. All right. New York, we are back. We are back. 800 848. WABC 800-848-9222. And we have a question on the table about New York City and the crime. And something I want to talk about, and again, I just want to reiterate that story. And I'm going to get to your calls in a second. But I really do want to get to uh, this this conversation that we had on Thursday. So on Thursday, WABC, Talk Radio, WABC, we hosted a finale celebration for Hispanic Heritage Month, which ended on the 15th of October. And it was a really nice day with lots of great interviews, and they're on our website at wabcradio.com, wabcradio.com. You can always listen to us on Alexa as well, and just simply say, Alexa, enable the 77 WABC skill. While you're there... You can download one of our most listened to podcasts, This is America with Rich Valdez. Yes, that is a great podcast. I highly recommend it. Typically in the top 200. I think this last week on the Apple Politics chart, we were at like 188. So we're still in that top 200. I would thank each and every one of you for listening to that. Now, all the shameless plugs aside, back to seeing this guy on the floor that you know looked like he got sucker punched and he was knocked out before he hit the floor because of all this damage that you could see on his face. It was consistent with kind of hitting the sidewalk without breaking the fall. And I, I think to myself, damn, what the hell is going on? You know, you've got the police chief that quit just last week because his hands are tied by Mayor de Blasio, who's more concerned with finding residents of the Jewish community than he is with empowering cops to keep the city safe. Now, we're talking about a Dominicano, a young guy, about my age, maybe a little older, Chief Pichardo, that quit. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I don't always see eye to eye with a lot of people in the city politically. But this is one of those things where Democrats are right there in line with so many other citizens saying, you know what, this isn't right. De Blasio's kind of uh, losing it here, losing support, losing his mind. So on... Thursday, we had several guests, one of them being Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr. Now, something Borough President Diaz said, um, I I wanted to play the audio, but I just didn't have the um, space in the show to put the whole clip in. It's a 10-minute interview, and you can get it at WABCradio.com. It was a pretty good interview with John Katsimatidis and my colleague Lydia Serrani, who's up next, by the way, right after me. But something that he said was that it was the ineptitude of this mayor that caused one of the top police executives, you know, in the uh, in the country, the the chief of patrol here in New York City, Chief Pichardo, to resign. And again, young man, 
you know, 40s. So it, it makes you wonder, it begs the question, what is going on here in the city and why is this stuff happening? And I don't have that answer, but I would turn that to all of you in listener land, as well as, you know, voter suppression and Trump 2020. So we're going to get to your calls in a second. Keep just chew on that for a second. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about with you all, if you permit me, is that during the debate, there was a lot of things that went on. And there was a really cool part, I thought, where, you know, Biden is trying to be disrespectful. The way this uh, AOC was saying that people can be disrespectful when he said, this guy, this guy, I don't know where he, I got her legs. I don't know where he comes from. And Trump just looks at him and goes, Queens. And I see our engineer is with us and he's always on point, hyper than the hyper, like a sniper. Can we do that Trump three so that everybody can hear Vice President Biden asking, where is it that Trump comes from? I don't know where he comes from. I don't know where he comes up with these numbers. Queens. hundred. Queens. Right? So that's what the president answers. Queens. He comes from Queens. Now, speaking of Queens, I was in Queens last night. Big shout out to Vicky Palladino and so many people. I bumped into the great Curtis Lee. This is Curtis Lee. I bumped into Curtis Lee last night at this really nice birthday party for Vicky Palladino in Whitestone, New York. She's the president of the Whitestone Republicans. And I think she's making a uh, bid, which is why <laughs> so many people were there. She's making a bid for the city council. So uh, I want to give her a big shout out and thanks for the hospitality. But we were talking about a whole lot of things that are happening in New York City. And it, I, it begs the question again, you know, what the heck is going on? So I turn to you all, the listeners, to fill me in. Let's go to E. Frank and Astoria. E. Frank, you're on with Rich Valdez. Yes, good afternoon. Good Sunday evening, uh, afternoon, Rich. Likewise, sir. Glad to, it's glad to hear your voice over the airwaves. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just uh, want to comment a little bit about what you stated about voter... What's uh, on your mind? Yeah, I was a, uh, a ballot marking device uh, uh, board of elections poll worker at one time, and I know what you're talking about. Uh, and I think that what has happened in recent years is that the they've strapped up the enforcement of uh, individuals who think they can alter the voting process uh, in the United States. And, and I just want to thank the head of the Guardian Angels, my ally and friend Curtis Lewa, for always stating in one of his morning shows that there are people who go to cemeteries to take names from cadavers and they're voting, dead people are voting out there. So uh, I know what it is. And now the mayor has instituted a voter observation corps. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's important that we keep our you know, uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on with voter suppression. So, E. Frank, thanks for your service with uh, poll watching and, and being a, uh, a ballot protection specialist because without people stepping up, we can't win. Let's go to Russ in White Plains. Russ, what's up, man? Hey, Ru- hey uh, sorry, Rich. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't waste your breath on Ocasio-Cortez. She's a grievance collector. But, Rich, did you hear about the teacher that was decapitated in France? No, I didn't, because I'm actually talking about a few other different topics. But we always love to hear from you, Russ. Thank you for your call. And let's go to my buddy Bill in Norwalk, Connecticut. I think he's got something with Hunter Biden's laptop. Bill, what's on your mind, brother? Yeah, you mentioned that this person was knocked unconscious. And when he woke up, they say he said they took his laptop. Yeah. I was just wondering if his name was Hunter Biden. (laughs) He wasn't. I mean, sadly, I looked at the guy. He was like Filipino or, 
uh, Asian and young guy, and he just looked like they he gave him a really raw deal. But since we got you, Bill, what's your thought on this Hunter Biden laptop fiasco? Well, I think it's typical. You know, I think that uh, Biden, you know, here again, Hunter Biden has been an addict all his life. Uh, his father tried to get him into the military when he was 40 years old, and he was kicked out because of yeah. his addiction. And, you know, and that is a shame. You're right. It's it's a shame when anybody goes through that type of addiction. And I hate to see that. But I thank you for your call, Bill. Always a pleasure to hear from you. And let's go to Jill in Bloomfield. Hello, Rick. Hey, Jill. How are you? Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. I'm swell. Thank you for your show. It's great. So what's on your mind? I was born and raised in Manhattan, and I watched all the mayors, and especially this is very reminiscent what's going on now of the Dinkins era Mm. and the deterioration of Manhattan and destroying the best city in the world, starting with the police and the crime and the, the homeless people, and it's just becoming like the 70s when I grew up. That's, you know, you're right, and I was a little kid in that time, and I remember seeing this stuff growing up. I remember the squeegee man. I wasn't driving the car. It was my dad driving the car and when we had a car because we were pretty broke. We didn't have a car until I was probably around eight years old. But uh, it does remind me of those times, the times where I would see my buddy um, and radio mentor, Curtis Sleva, on the subways just keeping things really, really tight because it was just so difficult in New York City. It was difficult to navigate it was dangerous on these streets you had to be packing a razor or something to to get through the city because chances were you were going to get into a tussle so i want to ask you to please stick with me 1-800-848-WABC when we come back a little bit more on the election plus billy prempe keep it locked right there i'm rich valdez We are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. We're taking your calls and getting to the 2020 election, congressional races, and a few more things that I want to get to. Our phone number, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Now, I wanted to just mention, I just heard during the break, a commercial for Talk Radio 1071 WLIR, Eastern Long Island. That's our sister station, and I actually host a daily show. Shame on me for not plugging that show earlier. Monday through Friday, you can hear this velvety sound, this Valdez velvety sound voice. You can hear this er day, er day, er day. Listen. Uh, You can get us at the stream on WABCRadio.com. WABCRadio.com. You go there. You see Talk Radio 107.1. You hit the little triangle play button, and boom, you're streaming. We're live every single day. I hope that you can listen to the show. If you're out in Long Island, we talk about some Long Island issues. We're also covering the elections in depth, giving uh, all sorts of conservative commentary and my Intro on that show is really cool. It says, uh, conservative commentary with a bit of sofrito, which I think is pretty funny. And it's a really good time. So I hope that you guys can join us. But I want to get to um, some of your calls. 
So let's go to Florence in Franklin Lakes, New Jersey. Florence, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hi. How are you? What's um, on your you mind? You were talking about two things, New York and what's happening to New York, falling apart and all that stuff. But yeah. it's only going to get worse if we don't open up because there's nothing to go to. So many places have closed mm-hmm. because there's no business. There's nobody there. So it can't get better until we see... Yeah, no, I, I agree with up. you. People have to and, have something to do. They have to have a reason to go to work and spend their money and do the right thing. So, Florence, we appreciate your call. You're 100% right. And uh, let's go to John in Westchester before we move any further. John, what's up, man? Okay, uh, Mr. Valdez, you keep mentioning that the class here is like losing it or inept or maybe incompetent. No, you're uh, misunderstanding me. I'm saying he's losing support from Democrats. In New York City. And day by day, he is accomplishing the task, and New Yorkers don't seem able to notice it or see it or do anything yeah, about it. Yeah, maybe you could put your emotion in your back pocket and just do it a little bit more logically. What's the point you're making? The point is the mayor of New York City is deliberately destroying that city. Yeah, that's obvious. Thank you for restating the obvious. We appreciate that, John. What I was saying is that de Blasio is beginning to lose support from his fellow Democrats who do not want to see the city destroyed because they live here in the city and they love the city and they're not communists like he is. So I guess you misunderstood what I said. But with that being said, you know, communism is a scary thing. Socialism is a precursor. And it's honestly, it's the governmental system, right, that is used so often If you go to Cuba, while it's a communist country, they pitch it as socialism. Venezuela, they pitch that as socialism. This is all socialism. Now, of course, you have guys like Bernie Sanders, who is AOC's communist sympathizing grandpa. Denmark, you know, Mr. Healthcare is a right. Guys like Bernie Sanders, they think that, you know, everything is owed to them because Life doesn't boil down to God like it does for so many people, at least for Hispanics, Boricuas, Latinos like me. We're a very faithful people that have faith in God. And we know that we're not going to go without eating. If you've seen me, you know I don't go without eating. (laughs) And it's not because of the government. No, it's because I live in America and I'm able to earn. And because I can earn, I can eat. And I can eat well or I can eat really well. So to me... This is what we face right now, and it's literally what's on the ballot, and if you want to really oversimplify things, there is a vicious movement from Sanders, from AOC, from so many people, the Democrat Socialists of America, that are really gaining momentum amongst the godless left. And I wanted to get into this piece from amgreatness.com, Theocratic Leftists, and It's by Jeremy Frankel. If you get a chance, check it out. It's a pretty in-depth piece, so I'm probably not going to have a chance to really do it justice because in a little bit we're going to sit down with congressional candidate from the 9th District of New Jersey, which is where I live, Billy Prempe. He's going to give us the scoop on his campaign. But before we get to that, I want to outline what's going on with so much that's at stake in our upcoming election. And, you know... Um, I I shared a few articles on social media, and I thought it was interesting how people began to really conflate this this situation with Hunter Biden. So I realized, you know what? I'm not doing a good job in explaining it. You know, there was a few people that were saying that, listen, it's no different of Hunter Biden getting a job because his dad is VP 
than the Trump kids working in their family business. And I'm like, wow, how could you think that that's the same? But to be fair, the issue here is bribing and influencing a government official by paying off their kid. Literally extorting foreign governments for millions of dollars in exchange for meetings with a sitting U.S. vice president who happened to be overseeing diplomatic policy in those same regions, Ukraine, China. Plus, using the power of the U.S. vice presidency to get a prosecutor fired because they were investigating the company that was corrupt where his son worked, Burisma. This, now, this poor kid, I mean, he's a grown man. He's older than me. He's 50 years old, Hunter Biden. But it doesn't change the fact that he's suffering from addiction. He's crack addicted. And let me tell you, any addiction, I had a friend who died from an alcohol addiction, and he wasn't thinking right. He couldn't make solid choices. So for somebody who's in their right mind to take advantage of someone like that in that position to funnel millions and millions of dollars away from a foreign government and towards who knows who, it's wrong. It's wrong when you're in office. I mean, this is literally covering up this pay-to-play scheme, and it's not cool. Now, this isn't even close to being the same as simply having a job in your family's private real estate business. This is public corruption, and there are emails to prove it. And I couldn't believe I was going through this back and forth with so many people, like on Facebook. But if you don't remember, I want you to hear this quick clip of Biden bragging about firing the prosecutor in the Ukraine. Check this out. ...over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from... Yatsenyuk, uh, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." So you're I not said, getting the not- billion dollars. Thank you, Joe. We're done with you. So it's clear. I mean, you heard it. He's bragging, throwing his sack around. Flexing his weight. He's like, bro, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Poroshenko is not the guy. I'm the guy. Why? Now he says, oh, because of corruption, because of this, because of that. Guess what we have now? Emails. So I don't want to beat the email horse to death, but it's clear that people really don't get it. And that to me is is the, the difficult part because oftentimes political corruption gets swept under the carpet because it's so hard to prove. This time we have publicly available photos, emails, text messages. You know, most people think O.J. Simpson is a murderer that walked because he had a good lawyer. My point is most crooked politicians are good lawyers too. Bottom line here is that one candidate, Trump, has no history in politics. And the other candidate, Biden, has nearly five decades of history. A history of accomplishing little, offending much, and dropping out of his 1990s run for president. Why? Well, because Biden got caught plagiarizing a speech and then lied about it. When I served in Governor Christie's administration as an official of the New Jersey state government, I had to sign financial disclosures and agree to never accept a gift of more than five bucks. 
That meant you could buy me a cup of coffee from McDonald's, but I could not accept a cup of coffee from Starbucks because it would likely exceed the $5 threshold. Now, that was, for me, a guy that worked 100 layers below a state governor. But the point is you have to avoid even the appearance of impropriety or a conflict of interest. And it was much the same when I served as a school board member. So, point here is, we're not cops. We have to vote our conscience and we have to do it at the polls. There's more than enough evidence here. Rudy Giuliani brought this to light. He brought out the hard drive. And today, he's leading a caravan of cars in support of President Trump. But there's always a hater. There's always a hater that wants to try and throw an egg at my guy, as we call him here, our Goombadi Cheech, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Protesters are hurling eggs at Rudy Giuliani at the pro-Trump demonstration right here in New York City. And this is according to the New York Post. This is breaking news from within the hour. The video was posted on Twitter. Shows a flag-draped Trump caravan led by Giuliani getting hit with eggs. Yelling F-bombs at the mayor. America's mayor, the guy that cleaned up New York. If there wasn't an FCC, I'd have some choice words for these guys. Right now, I have to say, this this whole thing is caca. It really is. I mean, they're, they're trying to go after him because he's doing what's right. They're going after him because he's got, the, as Curtis Lee says, the cocktail onions to stand up for what's right to get on the air and say what he believes in and to do what he can to save America and stand up for America's president. So just like Rudy did that today with that caravan, he's been doing it with the emails, with the server, with the drive, uh, with the hard drive, all to blackmail this prime minister. Biden lied about not knowing what Hunter was doing. And that's just not acceptable. Keep it locked right here. When we come back, we're going to sit down with congressional candidate for New Jersey's 9th District, Billy Prempe. You're listening to Talk Radio 1... Nope, not Talk Radio 77 WABC, the sister station of Talk Radio 107.1. I am Rich Valdez. Keep it locked. We're coming right back. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. This is America. Para Inglés, o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es América. Ahora. What's up, New York? What's up, New Jersey? I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all social media. And we're here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are right smack dab in the middle of Midtown Manhattan right now. I am here with the candidate himself, Billy Prempe. He's running for Congress in New Jersey's 9th District. Now, the reason he's here, because I know my phone's about to blow up, and people be like, yo, I want to get on too. I'm running for Congress. I want some airtime. Listen, here's the deal. The Billy Prempe is here because he's my guy. I live in NJ9. And because I live in NJ9, I want people at point of personal privilege, my show, I bring them on. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to turn other people away. Matter of fact, I'm going to spend the rest of next week interviewing a few people that I think I can help. But right now, it's Billy's turn. I want to hear about what he's doing. Bill Pascrell has been my congressman there for as long as the world has been turning. And he's not somebody I can say is a horrible guy, but he is somebody that I can say is part of the, the Democrat establishment and hasn't really moved the district forward in any way. And I think that's safe to say. So I think in a district that is as metropolitan as it is, that has so much connection with New York City because of its residents that 
uh, traverse back and forth. Patterson, New Jersey, P-Town, where you got all the Boricuas, you've got all the Arabs, you've got a lot of people in, in, uh, in P-Town. So I want to hear from Billy Prempe about what his platform is, why he's running, and what he's going to do to help President Trump. Billy Prempe, welcome to This Is America. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to finally be on the show. So tell me, what's good with your campaign? Why should we vote for you? So one of the reasons why I believe people should vote for me is we voted for the same person for 23 years. I'm only 31 years old, and someone like Bill Pascrell has been in position for well over 30. And that's if you count his mayorship in, in Patterson as well. I haven't seen the district move forward. I've only seen crime go higher. I've only seen violence go through the roof. You know, someone was shot inside of my house not too long ago. Um, so for those who don't know, I live in Patterson, New Jersey as well. And he likes to come into places like Patterson and claim that he's the champion for the people, he supports the, the inner city, he supports the minorities, when in reality, it's the complete opposite. He tends to come out, collect votes, and leave. However, our education system is falling apart. He's not giving the parents the opportunity to take their children to go to school where they want to go to. Um, it's an issue that my parents faced when they first came to this country. They wanted to get me into uh, choice schools, and we weren't able to do that because we had to go to schools within our own district, unfortunately. Let me jump in right there because now yeah. you're, you're hitting a button, you're hitting a nerve, because this is something I'm so passionate about. Wow, right? okay. I, I love school choice. I helped start a charter school in Jersey City about 10 years ago, the beloved okay. community charter school. I, I adore the school. I adore the scholars and the team that helped put it together. To me, it's some of the best work I've ever done, and I only played a small role. But I think that is the key. Uh, the school in Jersey City is right across the street from uh, Lafayette Projects downtown. And I know that you can grow up as broke as can be, but if you get a decent education, you now have a fighting chance. Absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing about you saying that is I had a conversation with someone the other day when I was out in Inglewood. I was meeting with some of the people in the public. And this guy, he worked with the teachers unions. He liked everything that I had to say except for the fact that I, I was pro-school choice. And I said, listen, at the end of the day, I'm not here to bust the unions. I'm not to crush any of that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, the government should never get involved in the education of a student. Right? If a parent wants to send their child to Manhattan and they're willing to pay the fees, pay the tolls, pay whatever, just so that their kid can get a better education, the government should have no say in that. And I firmly believe that a lot of the problems that are going on, not just in the Knife District, but across America as a whole, really stems from education. And if their children aren't educated, they're not equipped, they don't understand how finance works, they don't understand um, uh, mortgage, interest, credit, and things like this, they're not going to be well equipped to actually go out into the real world. And we have a lot of careers that are really understaffed, people in finance, in the trades, in many different uh, areas. These people need to fill these. I mean, there's, there's people that need to fill these specific gaps in our society. So one of the plans that I had in terms of school choices, I want to bring the business to the schools. So if someone's a business and they've been doing it 20, 30 years and they have a, a track record that, that they can prove, they would, be, they would have to come to the school two times a month for nine months out of the year, four years teach the students their trade, whether it be themselves or their master tradesperson, to teach them these skills. And if the, the incentive for the business owner to do this is giving them some kind of tax incentive because they have to train the next generation. So if a public school doesn't have the facilities, either they go there or they're able to take the students to the location with a chaperone. So I believe something like that is a, a, a great way to give children the ability to be equipped to move forward in the future rather than being in school and learning a bunch of things you're never going to use because I'm, I'm pretty sure when you came out, of high school, you were pretty unequipped to deal with taxes and finance. Well, you know, and interesting else. story. You're right, and I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. And I actually ended up doing a trade. I went to school to be a barber, right. and I owned a barber shop and did my thing. And it was something I really appreciate. So I think that's a excellent way to go. Now we have two and a half minutes left, so I want people to get a chance to really know you, who you are. So, a, how do they find you? 
So, people, you can find me on social media. You just type in Billy Prempa. That's Billy Prempa on Twitter. That's P-R-E-M-P-E-H. Uh, on social media, on, on Facebook, Facebook Web- page, website. same thing. Website is Billy2020NJ.com. If you want to find the most up-to-date information, you can find me on social media on Instagram. That's uh, some guy named Bill. Okay, Instagram. now check this out. People want to know who you are. How you came up? What's your story? How did you get here? So my parents are immigrants. They came to this country from Ghana, West Africa. Um, they brought 14 of our relatives to this country legally through this process. And um, when my father passed away, when I was about 16 years old, I decided to join the United States Air Force, where I ended up turning 19 in boot camp. I served as an aerospace ground equipment journeyman in the United Kingdom. And when I came back home, um, I saw the direction that our country was going in. This is someone who came in as a supporter of Barack Obama, and I saw that a lot of the things that he was doing wasn't benefiting our people. And um, I've been very politically outspoken ever since then. Um, I kept a lot of my views to myself up until the Trump rally of January 28th. I went out there, met President Trump. I got retweeted by the president. I, I, had, I made a little statement to Kaylee McEnany and went viral. Lots of people said, Billy, you, you, I think you got what it takes. You know what's going on. You're from the hood. You're from the area. You know well, I mean, him. if Joe Biden were here right now, he'd say, I mean, this guy's the first <laughs> black, uh, articulate. He's clean. It's like a storybook, man. With dreadlocks, I got hairy legs. And he got dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> so I accomplished quite a bit. And, you know... Going to that rally and seeing that, I thought to myself, you know what? If someone like Donald Trump, the guy with the crazy tidal wave hair and the Golden Tower on Fifth Avenue can come down and become our president, if AOC, who knows nothing more than this glass bottle up here on the table, and she's able to make it in there, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want to I, – I have great ideas that can actually help our community, help our, our country. Give me the website one more time. Billy2020NJ.com. So people can donate there. They can get to know you there. They can do all of that there. Ten seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah. So everybody, I love you all. Thank you for, for having me on there, Rich Valdez. Um, but I would love to be on, on air again. We could probably get a little bit more detail. If you guys want to learn more information, like I said, Billy Prempa at Facebook and Twitter.com. Some guy named Bill on Instagram and Billy2020NJ.com. All right. So there you got it. That's Billy Prempe. He is running for Congress in New Jersey's 9th Congressional District. We're going to bring in a few more people, but I wanted to bring him in because, again, he's going to be my congressman. He's going to be the guy that I'm sending to Washington to support Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, El Presidente. You know how that goes. I'm Rich Valdez. Hasta la próxima. Lydia Serrana is up next. Keep it locked right there. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.